guys, welcome back to the Vitriol Podcast, episode four. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Maddie, and while the effects of the pandemic continue to impact the world, and I subsequently cannot do my usual boozy science events, I'm bringing you these podcasts instead. So I hope that you are all keeping well and safe and that this podcast might be helping engage your brain even just for five to 10 minutes on something else. If you have any subject suggestions or follow-up questions from previous episodes, please get in touch with me. You can find me on Instagram at vitriol underscore science. You can also contact me via my website, vitriolscience.com, where you can find my email address. So for episode four, I am going to be talking about the written in suggestion of the science of orgasms. I literally just almost said organisms, which is the opposite fear of what, of what I had in high school biology. So orgasms, not organisms. Orgasms can be defined in different ways using different criteria, purely from a scientific perspective. So Medical professionals have used physiological changes to the body as a basis for a definition, whereas psychologists and mental health professionals have used emotional and cognitive changes. So currently, a single overarching explanation of the orgasm does not currently exist, which is pretty wild. For this podcast, I am going to be keeping it as scientific and as unsexy as possible. So if that's why you have clicked on this episode, I'm really sorry. I am just going to be talking about what happens in our brains and our bodies when an orgasm occurs. So here we go. When you orgasm, your brain releases a surge of dopamine. During orgasm, your brain is working overtime to produce a variety of different hormones and neurochemicals, and one of these is dopamine, a hormone that is responsible for feelings of pleasure, desire, and motivation. So some refer to dopamine as a pleasure chemical, although research has shown it offers us much more than just a good time. It's really more of a learning chemical helping us to take notice of rewards like food and sex and other pleasures and to figure out how to get more of them. Oxytocin is another hormone that is released during orgasm and interestingly it is also a hormone released during breastfeeding. So oxytocin is a hormone that makes us feel close to others and promotes affection. It's known as the bonding hormone because it's also released, as I said, during breastfeeding and is known to facilitate a sense of love and attachment. All brains experience the release of oxytocin during sex. However, the brains of women behave a little bit differently after orgasm. So in women, oxytocin tends to continue to be released after orgasm. I do just want to say here that the release of oxytocin during both sex and breastfeeding doesn't mean a person experiences the same sensations in both situations. This hormone can play different roles in our bodies and are part of the way that our brain strengthens our social connections. 
So having an orgasm stimulates your brain in the same way as doing drugs or listening to your favorite music, which is quite surprising because our brain doesn't really differentiate that much between sex and other pleasurable experiences. So the parts in your brain that make you feel good after indulging in dessert, uh, say eating an entire block of chocolate, which is straight up my jam, these parts of your brain that make you feel good after doing something like that are the same areas that light up during orgasm. So following an orgasm, the brain then releases serotonin. And this hormone is known to promote good mood and relaxation. In some people, serotonin can also lead to drowsiness and the desire to curl up for a nap. And that is just straight up scientific fact. That is no shade to any male listeners out there. So scientists, surprisingly, don't really know why orgasms occur. One theory is that orgasms might be nature's way of kind of tricking us into reproducing. Experiencing a moment or two of pure euphoria effectively rewards us for having sex. So the theory is that it reinforces this behavior and keeps us coming back for more. Research has also suggested that female orgasm may have once played a role in stimulating ovulation, although now ovulation occurs spontaneously, meaning that uh, we ovulate at a pretty regular cycle. We're in a textbook example anyway. In theory, that is what should happen. So just to summarize, the science of orgasms pretty much all comes down to hormones. Leading up to, during, and following an orgasm, our brains are producing and releasing a variety of hormones, which each serve their own purpose and incite their own emotions which is the most scientific and least sexy way to answer this question. So as always, guys, please get in touch with me for any follow-up questions or subject ideas. The next episode is going to be dedicated to answering all the follow-up questions from the previous episodes that I've done. So don't be shy, reach out, ask a question, suggest a subject, and I'll be adding it to my list. Until next week. I will be procrastinating for my uni exams once again and working on episode five. Thanks, guys.